0: Hello folks, uh, we're going to be opening up the Bible together and looking at the book of Mark in a moment, so we've been looking uh, at Jesus this season, this last couple of months, it, it seems like a, a good person to be looking at and looking to and drawing from uh, in this season, so uh, we've been looking through the Gospels, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, so we're going to be in Mark 7 in a moment looking at some words that Jesus spoke and, and hopefully it will stir us. In my Hope is that it sparks, it sparks us into life, sparks something into life, that we have a a moment with God this morning. So uh, can I pray? I'm asking you if I can pray, but I'm not going to get replies. So I'll imagine you all going, yes, pray, Thomas. Let's pray before we read God's word, before, uh, before we crack on. Lord, we thank you for a new day. We thank you we're able to open up your word. We thank you we're able to gather this morning. I pray, Father God, that you uh, will come in power. I pray that your presence will be known and felt across every household that's connecting in, whether it's a Sunday morning live, whether it's a Thursday night, maybe, whether it's the middle of the night, Lord, whether it's a, a five-minute burst in between kids and the busyness of life. I pray, Father God, that we will encounter you I pray that the richness from your word will seep through our lives, that you'll speak into even the most uh, obscure things, Lord, or speak into the areas of our lives that have been in the depths, in the darkness, Lord. Will you draw it into the light? So, Lord, I pray over marriages. I pray over health. I pray over uh, loneliness, Lord. I pray over the dreams that we have for this city. I pray that we have for the dreams that we have for our lives, Lord. I pray for our worries. I pray for mistakes. I pray for our past. We want to see you in this space right now. So we pray that it's not about my words, Lord. That it's not about uh, me, but it's about you. It's all about you. Will you take over this chunk of time, Lord? Come by your power. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're reading Mark 7, 1 to 13. Let's crack on. I'm ready to go. I've got my drinks table again. It's becoming a weekly thing. No Iron Brew this week, though. We're missing Iron Brew. Never mind. That's a hint. I'm joking. Mark 7, 1 to 13. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered round Jesus and saw some of the disciples eating food with hands that were defiled. That is unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honour your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. This is the word of the Lord. It's absolutely true. And it's given to me and to you in love. Amen. Amen. So eh, we're now, as I said, I think week 12 or 13 of not meeting in person on Sundays or as a community or our meeting in person in groups and it's been strange. There's been lots of change and I'm sure there'll be lots of change still to come and it takes a bit of adapting. But one thing we found ourselves doing is recreating what we're missing. Recreating what we're missing. So let me give you a couple examples. We've had our cinema night. We've had a couple of cinema nights where we close the curtains, get the lights down, lights off, we get the, the TV going get the the sound up to the right level, and the right settings, and we get our popcorn tubs, we've got dedicated popcorn tubs, fill them up with microwave popcorn, get loads of sweeties in a bowl, we get the boys, they come down, and uh, we just eat rubbish and and watch a movie. Now, uh, that's good fun, but there's only so much Toy Story I can take just now, and uh, I'm beginning to think the toys might be real. (laughs) I can quote the movie, Such a good movie though, Toy Story 4 is brilliant. But we've been having cinema nights and we've also had some camping nights. I say some camping nights, we've had one camping night. Uh, We bought a tent before lockdown with the the idea that we would go out, or I say we again, I would go out with Joshua at the moment. Struan's maybe just that little bit too young, but I'd go out with Joshua around uh, campsites outside Inverness Friday night and hang out with him. And have quality time now. Obviously, lockdown has kind of stopped that. So we 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 pitched up the tent. I think that's the right term, in the garden, and I got the tent pole things. Can't remember what you call them. Yeah, I think it's tent poles actually, and uh, got it all upright. And but it was that Friday evening about six weeks ago where the heavens opened. It felt like a storm. I think it was a storm actually, and I, I'm lying in my tent praying that this tent won't won't fly away with us in it and Joshua's lying there cozying up to me sound asleep and then in the morning we got our camping stove and some gas and we had bacon and egg 7.45 in the morning the boys dressed as Hulk and Spider-Man running around I'm sure our neighbours loved it uh, but it was sweet it was good and that felt like a real recreating moment and finally I want to show for the final example a little clip of a couple called Norma and Dave 74 years old, they booked a 10-day cruise around the Pacific Islands to celebrate their 53rd wedding anniversary and it was cancelled because of coronavirus. Let me show you what they did instead. Yes, Norman, and Dave, living their best life. I want to be like them at 74. You know, with all these examples, what's happening? There's a longing for the real thing, isn't there? There's a longing for the real thing. Nothing beats the real thing. Getting away on holiday, going and camping, going to the cinema, meeting friends, going on a cruise, we can, having a Big Mac. Lord, please, we're we're ready now for that. We're ready now for that. We can make it look a little bit like it. We can try and create it and make it seem like it, but it really doesn't compare to the real thing. We can have a fleeting moment where we think we have it when we really are so far out from really having it. You know, when it comes to walking with Jesus, when it comes to knowing Jesus, I don't know about you guys, but I want to pursue the real thing. That's my heart cry. That's what I want more than ever. I've been listening to a song this week by a band, a worship band called Maverick City. If uh, you don't do anything but one thing, if you don't do anything but one thing, if you do one thing after speaking to me, after speaking to me, let's reset. If you do one thing from listening to me this morning, check out Maverick City music, brilliant worship music. But they have a song called The Real Thing. And the words go, I'm done pretending I want the real thing. It's just resonating with me just now. I want to know Jesus. I want to be close to Jesus. I want to have nothing in the way to Jesus. I want my heart directed to Jesus. I want to direct my full attention to Jesus. I want him to be part of my everyday. I want him journeying with me. I want to leave nothing unattended. I want to miss nothing out with him. I want the real thing. And this season... Is moulding in me a, a holy defiance perhaps? Or not to miss out on what God has for me. What God has for you, our church and, and for the city. To pursue the real thing with him. Not to think we have it in little fleeting moments or recreate. We want the real thing. There is more for us. Even in a global pandemic, even in the uncertainty, even in the questions. There is more. You know just feel really passionate about declaring a screen doesn't limit God it's not the same but God is a screen doesn't limit God it's not the same what we're doing just now but God is the same God is the same and there's a couple of things in this passage which mask the real thing which can make it seem like we have it when in fact we're missing out and I know because I've lived out of these things, I dip in and out of them, I have to be aware and it's my prayer as we go through these points that the Lord will just highlight and be working and show us what needs to change, what he's highlighting so we can journey this season and every season knowing that he is with us and that we have the real thing and if you don't know Jesus this morning I pray that You feel a rising in in your spirit that there's more for you. Perhaps what we're speaking about and what's unpacked will just resonate with you. Uh, It's my my prayer that you would know that there's an adventure ahead for you. So we have the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law. They're coming from Jerusalem. They want to check out Jesus. They uh, don't like what they found. Jesus had a go at them in response. uh, For their obsession to keeping laws and traditions to appear holy. They were having a go at Jesus and the disciples. That's the Pharisees and the religious leaders. They were having a go. Hello, hello, Joshua. I'm just speaking in the camera, okay? Got a little guest here at the window. But uh, they were obsessed with keeping laws to appear holy. And uh, these Pharisees and religious leaders, they were going on about the disciples not washing their hands after contact with Gentiles in the streets. And this wasn't about hygiene, but it was about just religiosity. Just moans and groans that they held really tightly to in an unhealthy way. Jesus didn't deny that the disciples didn't follow the guidelines. But this was of man. This was of man. And if we want the real thing, we need to watch our walks with Jesus. The words Jesus speaks here... Challenge us to watch out. Three things I want to very quickly go through. Firstly, sounds over substance. Verse 6, Jesus says this, These lips honour me, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He's retelling a, a, a portion of scripture from the Old Testament from a prophet called Isaiah that he received from God telling him that this would happen. They honour with your lips. You honour with your lips, but your hearts are far. There's lots of noise, but little substance. Talk the talk, but perhaps don't walk the walk. And we see the challenges in that right now in our world. With the coronavirus pandemic, with political systems here and abroad, and around the Black Lives Matter campaign as well. Not just to talk the talk, but to walk the walk. And Jesus here is saying, "You you guys speak a good game, you honour with your lips, but your hearts aren't in it. Your hearts aren't in it. There's a disconnect. You know, a few things on this. I I I think that this stirs a response around vulnerability, around realness. Uh, that it's okay not to be okay, not just to say the right things." but to be real and say what you're feeling. But also in the mix of that, not to be worried or to be journeying with pride. And uh, yeah, just also a question of integrity in the mix of that. Is what we say carrying weight? Is it true? Are we following up on it? Are we operating in our walks with God, with an open heart? Do we care too much what people think? That we feel the pressure of talking the talk to the point that everything is packed down in here until it just explodes. Until something happens that is unhealthy. And we feel the pressure of being the person that everyone expects us to be. You know, I want to speak about that pressure. I want to speak against that pressure in Jesus' name. Lord, anyone who's feeling that right now, I pray that you will just open up their hearts. Will you just open up? Yeah, will you just let them know of your love for them, Lord? And I pray that we open up our hearts to you afresh. This is not what Jesus wants. And we don't want our church to be people who, uh, for us to be people honor with honour of our lips, yet our hearts being far. We want to be fully and transparent before him, fully transparent before him. Whatever is going on, Lord, I pray that you'll stir that in us, Lord. Let our words be followed by action. Let our our words be followed with sweet, soft hearts that pursue you. You know, these Pharisees, these leaders, they had the handbook, Christian 2.0. They had every ritual, every prayer, every rule, every word crafted, timed and perfected. They had it all, but their hearts were far. Maybe you felt the pressure, Maybe it's a battle because you know what to do, but fear is holding you back. What will people think? Maybe you don't know Jesus because, or maybe you haven't pursued Jesus because the idea of talking the talk is intimidating. You don't quite have the right lingo, but your heart's being pulled. You don't need the Christian 2.0 update. You don't need to know the songs. You don't need uh, to say everything right. You don't need to know what big words to use and when. I'm with you in that. I'm with you in that. All you need to know is that Jesus loves you. All you need to know that he loved you so much that he died on the cross for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. He wants you to join the adventure with him. To talk the talk, to walk the walk. So we have sounds over substance. Then we have settling over stirring. We see the Pharisees settling and living out of human traditions. In verse 8, it says, Jesus says, You've let go of the commands of God, you're holding on to human traditions. You know, for them it became almost routine over relationship. They settled into it, and that took front row. God's commands got lost. The heart connection got lost. You ever had that where routine takes over relationship? It's dangerous. Mary and I are, in August, married 11 years. 11 years. It's crazy. Crazy. And we constantly, as a a couple, need to work and have an awareness of our relationship because when routine seeps in as a couple... It can become mechanical, emotionless, functional. Disconnect could grow, and I'm not saying routine is bad. I love routine. I need more routine in lots of areas. But when it comes to our connections with God and with each other, we need to be careful that that routine is not a tick box, checklist, efficient meeting of requirements. We need to make sure that our hearts are invested. That is heart to heart, intentional connection. That we are deliberate. And we are aware when things aren't right and when we're struggling. And we've seen it with our eyes when things are left to settle. So I want to urge us to be stirring over settling in this season. What have we, where have we let go? Where does it feel like we're settling right now? Where are we accepting that this is it? This is the way that things are going to be. Where do sparks need to be relit? Where is the Lord breathing on this morning? Where is he uprooting us? And I feel that's a word for some of us to get stirring in our walk with God, in our friendships, in our marriages, maybe even in exploring him or re-exploring him. Not to wait, but to get stirring. So we have settling over stirring. And then finally, we have squeezing over surrender. Uh, one of my major stresses, well, not major stresses, I'm going to say minor stresses, uh, but it's not happening during lockdown, is pack lunches. I am responsible for the pack lunches uh, for Joshua and for Mary. Uh, sometimes for Mary, sometimes she'll get her own, but sometimes I have to, to get hers. And it feels like a game of Tetris sometimes, when I have all these items and I have the smallest lunchbox it's far too small for all the items and I'm kind of squeezing everything in and I get to the end and it's meant to be a piece of fruit and I look at the banana and I look at the box and I go oh my word how am I meant to get that in and I play the Tetris theme tune in my head try and maneuver it all in take bits out put things in and then I finally get it closed and one of the corners opens up and I'm going okay that'll have to do then the whole thing opens up and I have to start again lunch boxes lunch boxes You know, as I close, I feel the Lord is wanting us to use this season to empty out afresh. That picture of the lunchbox really uh, just resonated with me as I looked at this passage. And he's asking us in this season to empty out afresh, to empty out the lunchbox, to pour our hearts out in front of him, our lives out in front of him. Money worries, health concerns, family dysfunction, worries about this year, grief, loss, frustration, anger and shame. Pour it all out. Because I think we're a generation that's become good at squeezing and not so good at surrender. We can just about squeeze Jesus in just like that banana once everything else is in. But he wants us to empty it all out before him. In verse 9 to 13, We see in the passage, if the Pharisees gave to the temple financially, it would free them from the responsibility of looking after their mum and their dad. It was a legalistic trick of the trade, but it was going against the commands that Moses spoke about. It was one of many examples with these people of bending the rules, of making it fit, of squeezing it in, their gain, their convenience. And it makes me sad, those verses... And I see me in it as well, to make it fit. How often do we mould Jesus to fit our circumstances, our preferences and our situations? Can I say this morning, Inverness Vineyard Church, that is not the gig. You know, this Jesus thing isn't to be, this this Jesus person isn't to be squeezed in to our life, to eke out the good parts, to bend the rules, to make us feel good. This Jesus stuff requires it all. And he deserves it all. And I want to ask this morning, are we willing? Is this lockdown stirring a response in us? I pray that these weeks that the Lord is stirring, that we're not settling for our city's sake, for those who don't have this hope, for our family's sake, for our households, for our sakes. I pray that we would pour it all out in front of him, that we wouldn't squeeze him in, but that we would surrender afresh. So I want to ask a couple of questions just as I close. Firstly are you excited when you spend time with Jesus Secondly are you expectant when you spend time with Jesus And thirdly are you you when you spend time with Jesus It's my prayer that we don't walk with Jesus or we don't live our walks with Jesus like Norman and Dave and that cruise But we know the real thing. A wild adventure. Relationship over routine. And we don't get lost in the routine. Talking and walking. And we just surrender. And don't squeeze him in.